This is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to Start the World. All right, I'm here today with Anthony Dream Johnson, president of the Manosphere and uh, founder of 21 Studios. Every year he puts on uh, the 21 convention and he's been doing it for a really long time. Uh, Anthony, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man, glad to be here. Appreciate you uh, bringing me on. Yeah, so um, every every time I post about the 21 convention, I get uh, questions like, what is this? And what is the Manosphere? And all this kind of stuff, because I have readers across the board who have never heard of that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously I've been involved in the Manosphere for, I guess, a decade. Uh, but yeah, um, you're the high priest of masculinity in the man. Something like that. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah. <laughs> professor, Professor Donovan, Professor Donovan, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. first I wanted to say, just to get, get it started. Uh, you know, obviously as you run up into the 21 convention this year and you got a lot of press for the 21, uh, for the 22 convention, uh, when it first launched yeah. and then I've had to be moved because of the, 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 pandemic or whatever uh, but uh <laughs> <laughs> like he slipped that in the pandemic. <laughs> that in. yeah yeah i'm bitter but uh yeah. hey, hey, so you're getting a lot of press for that you're gonna get a lot more i'm sure people will actually come across you and, and see you i actually had, had talked about uh the 20 yeah. convention earlier with uh, uh, a female at my jiu-jitsu place and uh she thought it was funny nice. and uh, then she heard it coming up in a female jiu-jitsu forum that uh, a whole bunch of girls wow. were, were, were mad about it. Nice. And, uh, so it's making waves out there. And so, uh, you know, for people who- Did she know that you know the founder of it and stuff? What, what, oh, the group? No, the chick, the Jiu-Jitsu chick, did she know that you were like, you weren't speaking out of it, did she know that you- In my group and whatever, I told her the whole story and she's like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> a whole bunch of uh, uh, ladies get mad about it. And so it's out there and people know yeah. about it and people, people are talking about it and so forth. And one thing I wanted to say before we yeah. start is that, uh, uh, you, you know, you're getting all this press and say, and you know, you are a little bit of a, you, you're a Trump guy and, uh, you like, to, you like to play the Trump yeah. game and, and push people's buttons and mess with them a little bit. And, uh, and that's, and that's cool. Yeah. And you provoke a response and that's awesome. But one thing I really wanted to say is, you know, obviously I've known you for several years now. And I've had the opportunity to watch you evolve and watch you do things and watch you react to things and so forth. And my impression, you know, ba- excluding all these other things that all these other people say, my impression is that you're a good dude who actually has devoted his life to helping men, which Thanks. I think is really, really admirable. And uh, so that's, that's my impression of Anthony going into this discussion. Uh, I think he, he's doing, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot of work, and whenever you put yourself out there talking positively about masculinity, uh, you're putting yourself yeah. in a firing squad to a certain degree. Yep. You know? And uh, I mean, I've done it. You're doing it all the time. You're going big with it, and um, you know, it's 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 a it's a lot of work, and it's a hard game, you know. But uh, it's worth it because we care about it. So yeah. that's good. Absolutely. But uh, I appreciate so- that too, man. I think your um, I think your opinion of me is pretty is shared among people who know me. Mm-hmm. And it's different from the internet, uh, just the persona that people see, which is why I think people ask you that, like, why you, why do you speak there? Like, why do you, how do you know that guy? Right. Um, I guess, I guess in real life, you know, when you get to know me, it's different than just the internet, the super flaming, uh, provoke everyone response type thing. Right. But which is, but there's more to it than that, obviously. It's primarily, it's just positive educational. 
but then I mix in my own personality with it and it just triggers everybody. Yeah. But then in real life, like I'm really like just calm and just like, hey, let's go, let's go chill out and have a drink or cigar or something. Exactly. 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 People always have this weird impression of, of, you know, yeah. people who are in the public eye. Uh, I mean, I, I get it too. They think they know you. They think I'm taller yeah. and <laughs> they, they think I'm taller and, they, <laughs> and, and angrier. They, they want me to be really angry all the time, you know, and that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Me too. Me too. I'm laughing all the time. And so like, it's not quite the same thing, but uh, so to start yeah. out, what, because people don't always know. And as the president, uh, who is better qualified to talk about it? Uh, what is the manosphere? <laughs> like, how would you define that? Sure. So I think the manosphere is the world's first emerging movement of men, boys, and fathers. Primarily, obviously, there's no boys in it. They're you know, really not old enough for it. But there's, a, there's plenty of teenagers in it and stuff like that. But primarily, it's men and then fathers as well. And I think it's the world's first emerging movement for men, boys, and fathers that we've seen come uh, out in the world like through the internet and stuff and it's specifically for the purpose though of masculinity and men and boys and fathers and then related topics to that uh, relationships games so to speak health and fitness even politics and stuff so advocating for the interests of men and you saw my speech in poland actually called you know the manosphere itself yeah the manosphere talking about this yeah so i think it's the world's first movement for that but we've never seen that uh movements you know women have their own feminist movement right there's suffragettes right. and the feminists you know all that they have their own thing but men have never really had that. I think the Manosphere is actually the first iteration of that we've ever seen. And it's still very young. I'd say it dates back to the 1990s with early uh, men's rights activists and pickup artists. Ross Jeffries, you know, Mystery, Alan Archer Curry, some guys we know personally from the right. event. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty young. It's, you know, barely 20 something years old now, uh, maybe 25 or something like that, if you, depending on how you count it. So it's still very, it's still very young, but it's, I've never seen anything like that before. Men are coming together for that purpose. It's not like a, a racial thing for like white or black men or whatever. Um, it's not a religious thing. There's all kinds of races and religions involved. That's what makes it really special. Like when I do our event at the hotel, I tell them that we do a men's event, now we're doing a women's event and a fatherhood event. And they immediately go, oh, it's like a Christian religious thing. I'm like, no, it's for all men and fathers. And they're like, the hotel people are stunned. They've never, they've never seen that before. They immediately assume it's like, oh, which is fine, you know, them to think that, I, I get it. But they immediately assume it's some sort of religious thing. I'm like, no. And we have, dude, we have Jews show up, Muslims, Christian, Baptists, Catholics, Mormons. Uh, I'm an atheist, objectivist myself, uh, Ayn Rand sense, or Ayn Rand, uh, kind of legacy of that. So it's very, very diverse, uh, the guys that show up. I think we're a role model of what America is supposed to be, uh, but we actually do it in a really healthy, positive, useful, rational way. Whereas the people usually scream diversity and stuff, it's all super rational, pseudo-communist, uh, neo-Marxist, feminist garbage. For our stuff's like a lot more positive and healthy and super, legitimately inclusive not in some orwellian newspeak way and you've seen that yourself the events all the guys that show up it's like it's incredible from all over the world too we've guys show up from australia india canada europe uh germany austria i mean it's wild we guys just show up at the event yeah so i mean I don't know if that answers your question with the manosphere that's a huge community yeah. yeah well i mean that that whole community is not necessarily positive but uh, i mean the, people have to go through different stages in their interface with reality yeah. You know, obviously, because they're yeah. trained in a very, uh, a lot of them don't have fathers and a lot of them, you know, have, have to experience yeah. for the first time. And so there's some anger and there's um, different levels. Yeah, yeah. And to be more specific though, to your question, so the manosphere mm-hmm. is not just as, they describe it in Wikipedia and the, the news people, the news articles who hate it, they make, they're to attack it and undermine it. They want to break it up basically to stop it. And they're right. not, that's, they're so far losing that, which is good. 
The Atlantic has done a couple articles on it and the New York Times and try to beat it up and stuff. Wikipedia has a shitty article on it. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's not just a widely uh, dispersed community of men and fathers and stuff looking at interests for men and fathers from different angles. It's specifically four main communities that make it up. And there's a few guys in the auxiliary. So on the outer ring, if you look at like a circle, the outer ring, you'd have kind of guys who are loosely associated with men's issues. Mm-hmm. That'd be like Stefan Molyneux, maybe, although he's gotten more involved in the manosphere. Jordan Peterson is a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, he would not consider himself manosphere, but I think he is uh, on the distant uh, fringe of it. And Sargon of Akkad is another example, who focuses on you know criticizing feminism, advocating for men and fathers, but it's not his primary thing. Jordan Peterson, same way. But as you get into the inside of the manosphere, the core components, it's four. That the men's rights activists who've been around for a long time, decades, uh, they focus on men's rights issues, father rights issues, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. But it's usually specific to politics and family law and stuff like that. Then if you go into the pickup artist uh, community, that's famous from you know Ross Jeffrey's mystery and those guys, that focuses on picking up women, pretty much just focusing on improving as a man your social, dating, and sexual skills. It's not necessarily anything to do with health and fitness or the red pill or men's rights or anything like that. And then beyond that, you have the MGTOW community, which has been growing as well, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's men going their own way. Uh, guys kind of checking out. Uh, there's different layers to it, levels to it. I'm not like a super duper expert on MGTOW stuff. But we have speakers who are that are much more involved in that community. That's picked up a lot of steam in recent years. Uh, so MGTOW. And then the final one is the red pill community, which is huge on Reddit. until they get killed off pretty soon. They're quarantined right now. They're going to get the axe any day, they think. And that's got about 300,000 guys. And a lot of speakers know the convention from that. And the, the Red Pill is kind of like the pickup artist community, but a lot more hardcore. Uh, the pickup artist community in the late 2000s, I was involved with it. It started kind of softening up, getting more ephema, uh, effeminized, effeminate, basically. More apologetic, more, more warm to feminism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you saw this in the news, even, with guys like Neil Strauss, who wrote the game, Mystery, and these guys. Neil Strauss went to like a sex rehab thing. Just absolutely yeah. made up bullshit. You saw them start apologizing basically for masculinity. And the red pill guys were much more aligned with what you think and what you write about in the way of men. And they right. were like, nope, checking the fuck out. So it was yeah. a divergent, uh, the manosphere basically, that element of the manosphere, the pickup guys, they split off into the red pill and they are still a community today. So it's the four groups and then some larger figures on the outside like Jordan Peterson, Sargon of Akkad. And that basically is the manosphere and it's millions of men and fathers around the world. I don't know how many millions, but it's each one is like 300, 400,000 guys on a single subreddit. You know, the pickup artist sell like 300,000, Red Pill 300,000, MGTOW about the same, men's rights about the same. And then you have YouTube channels like ours and Stefan Molyneux who got killed off the other day that are pretty huge. Mm-hmm. So that's millions of guys. No, absolutely. And uh, and you said there's never been anything like that before. And then, you know, obviously the, mm-hmm. it's because there didn't need to be, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, before we didn't yeah. have a men's movement. And feminists would say it's because well, you've always run everything, so you didn't need to have, and that's that's true, you yeah. know that that is the way it is. But uh, you know, obviously, there are a lot of issues. I actually, my entry point years ago was, uh, you know, I started writing about masculinity from a different angle, and then I, I started writing for this blog, uh, the, the Spearhead, um, mm. and that really, uh, yeah, I know, it. had some had some uh, talking to some of those guys about some of the stories about things that they'd gone through in divorce court and things, you know, being, being yeah. have a SWAT team show up to their house and put him on the floor or whatever. Cause their wife was mad, you know, like yeah. stuff. I mean, that stuff happens and people don't hear about it because then those guys have to go to court yeah. and they have to still try to make it like it's okay because they, they want to see their kids. Yeah. And so they're not going to just like become this big media figure all of a sudden because they, they, they are still trying to fight for their kids. And yeah. I actually had a, a dude, uh, 
who follows me on Instagram put something out the other day where he was like, you know, he had changed his Instagram profile and he was uh, raising money to basically fight the courts to keep his kids. Yeah. And uh, I sent him 25 bucks. I was like, ah, I hate those stories. Whenever I hear it, it bugs me. And, yeah. uh, and uh, then like, I got like, I would say eight more DMS from other followers who were like, Oh, I've been through that. Oh, I, I pay, I pay a mortgage in, in how, in a uh, childcare, you know, and all it's terrible stuff, yeah. you know? And uh, you know, it's, and I think it's easy for a lot of those guys to focus on in a very negative place. And yeah. that's why it's really good to have some, uh, a positive, you know, a positive direction for yeah. them, which is what uh, I think you're trying to do with the 21 convention. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah so, I, think, I think the manosphere as much as it does, has some negative elements to it, so to speak, those are, first of all, is a reason for that stuff. These guys get burned because yeah. they're fucking angry. It's yeah. justified. I would be uh, on top of that, that. <laughs> if I thought yeah. through half of that. I mean, I haven't had to go through a lot of it. I just see it. It makes me mad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just, I can't imagine how angry I would be, you know? Yeah. But the one thing that makes the manosphere, people like to say they want to view it strictly as a response to feminism. And that's part of it, I think, for sure. You know, the feminism, especially the radical stuff we've seen over the past 30, 40 years and stuff, post uh, second wave and all that, that has inspired, I think, a lot of what we're seeing with the manosphere. And you see these mm -hmm. different... Uh, I think some of it's even this risk tolerance stuff. The MGTOW guys, the Manosphere generally, I don't know if they get along, but they share fundamental beliefs and values. And sometimes they get along, and sometimes they fight the different communities. But all of it, I think, is a, partly a response to feminism, fucking up you know, gender relations in a sense. Mm -hmm. And then guys on top of that have different risk tolerances. So the MGTOW guys, they view the same, for example, the MGTOW and the Red Hook community, they get along, in terms of beliefs, they get along really tight. They believe a lot of the same things. They have divergent ways of dealing with it. The MGTOW guys are like getting away from it. The Red Pill guys are more assertive and aggressive, still staying in the game, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Still approaching women, still trying to do things, right? Right. Um, so there's basically there's different ways of dealing with it. But some of these guys, well, what do I, here's what I want to say. Here's, here's the important part, of our least train of thought. So feminists are strictly, I think, negative. They haven't done anything positive in a long, long time. Even in their whole history, I don't think, I don't think it's very positive at all. It's been very negative with a good PR campaign. Uh, whereas the manosphere, most of it's actually very positive and it's been very, and so in that sense, it is the response to feminism, but it's a, it's a legitimate, genuine mirror and that it's, it's self-improvement focused. And you don't see that in feminism at all. Uh, in the manosphere, very widely, you see a focus on health and fitness. Uh, you see a focus on getting your career, you know, your finances in order and being self-reliant, self-responsibility, mastery. A lot of guys are fans of your work, you know, the, the four tactical, tactical virtues. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot different from feminism. So anyone saying it's like just a mere opposite of feminism, it's just bitchy guys whining about the way of the world or whatever. Uh, first of all, some of that's, a lot of that's justified. You know, these guys are pissed off. But second, there's a big focus on self-improvement in all the communities, all of it. And that's, I think, very healthy and very positive. And you don't see that the women in feminism. They have nothing that's positive until make women great again. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the male response to things is to take action. Yeah. Whatever the situation is, is to find a way, a path forward and to take, to take action. Because if men don't feel like they're taking action, they don't feel like they're doing anything. They feel very impotent. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's definitely, I think, a big struggle between chaos and, and order. And yeah. that's kind of, that's a lot of what I'm writing about and working on now in my book. It's, it's, uh, men have to impose order on the world. They want things yes. to be ordered. They want things to have definitions that have definitions and things that are separate yep. to be separate. 
and uh, that makes the world make sense to them. And if they don't have that, um, it's 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 really unsettling for them, and and I think unsettling for society because it, like what feminism does, it's been all about taking down order, yeah. about about you know creating chaos really by smash by, the patriarchy, smash yeah, smash smash break break break. break. What are you replacing it yeah. with? And they don't really have a good answer to that, and they never have. Yep. And, and uh, so it, it's like if you destroy something. I mean, men destroy things all the time. I mean, it, you know, that's. I mean, America was destroyed. I mean, we destroyed uh, our relationship with England and created a new country. You destroy something yep. to create something. Whereas I think that feminism has very been very much about just destruction of the old order, without really replacing a new order. It's just a, a complete leveling. Yeah. And it, you know, men, men are about men like hierarchy. You know, like it, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're on the bottom or the top. I want a hierarchy to be there. You know, what yep. is good and what is bad? What is, what is better? What is best? You know, like this, men like that. And, uh, you know, like you've been talking about uh, um, whether it's like kind of like body acceptance movement or any of these things like yeah. you know, feminism has been very much about everything is okay. Everything is equally yeah. good. And uh, men don't see it that way. And, and I think yep. that's one of the key things that the, maybe all the guys in the manosphere really understand is that A, they think yep. that men and women are different. Yeah, uh, which you know is is really you have to live in a bubble to not believe that. And yeah, uh, that's been common sense for pretty much all of civilization, and probably even before that. But yeah. I'm sorry, like, probably absolutely before that, it was even more more of a contrast living out in the middle of fucking nowhere in the woods. Yeah, it's basic division of labor and the 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 thing of pregnancy. You yeah, know? it's you it's know, believing like, what your eyes tell you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. men and women are different. No shit. Like, yeah, yeah. It's 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 very it's very obvious and very basic, and you really have to do a lot of uh, gymnastics to get around that. And they, they've they spent many years developing those gymnastics, but yeah. at the end of the day, the the, the truth is still there, and yeah. uh, you know you can't really get away from it. And so I think I think that, your I think your point here with order and chaos is huge, mm -hmm. and that and I think the manosphere is actually like on a maybe on a, you know, gene level, genes, RK selection, gene thing, evolutionary, mm -hmm. whatever. So it is cultural and society, but the manosphere is the first, like basically gender-based pushback against feminism that's healthy and positive and ordering. It's mm -hmm. men wanting to bring order into their own lives personally, whether that's a guy who got burnt in divorce court or a MGTOW guy who got burnt on a relationship. And he's like, fuck Western woman, fuck this, I'm out. I'm going to go fuck off to Ukraine or something, or just fucking stay away from women, period. Cause they're right. just sick of it. They're sick of cancel culture. They're sick of Me Too. They're sick of divorce court. Sick of divorce rape. They're sick of the Will Smith shit. They're sick of the Johnny Depp shit. I mean, you know, whether you're fucking, you can be Brad Pitt and you get fucked. I yeah. mean, literally, Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp, and Will Smith are losing out on this shit. Where does that leave the average guy who's an assistant manager at Best Buy? Yeah, to I mean, interact with women. I mean, it's all, fucking all this crazy. Man. Is a lot harder when you don't have a millions of dollars of buffer. You yeah, know? I mean, guys who are just making an average living because you know there's this idea of privilege and whatever, and like the average guy really yeah. isn't that privileged. The average guy yeah. is just trying to make ends meet and, and get it together and, and you know hold his life yep. together. And yeah. Uh, yeah, when you throw, you know, whether it's huge fines at a business or whether you huge the, these huge uh, payments that these guys can't afford, uh, yep. or whatever, it, that it's crippling to them. I and mean, look it, at Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's a victim of domestic violence. It looks like. And oh, really? even with all the, yeah, dude, Amber Heard beat the shit out of this guy, dude. I mean, hey, there's like all this evidence of, and she accused him of this shit. And he's, yeah. now he's finally suing the shit out of her, defamation, all this shit. Right. But I think he, he, I mean, this guy is powerful. He has connections. He has relationships. He has status. He has money. He can hire the best attorneys in the world. And that, that dude can barely get that shit done. 
just fucking barely, I think, over the line. And that's a guy with, he's worth like $200 million or something. Right. Like where does that leave the guy? Even, in a, even like your local doctor has money. Like yeah. that's fucking Trump change compared to celebrities. Like it's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really, and I don't think people realize, you know, I've, I, I was talking to someone who I would say is more progressive, I think the other week. And, and uh, mm. they just don't realize how loaded the system is in that direction. Yeah, even when we talk about yeah. the like, psych, psychologists and therapists and that whole industry yeah. is very yeah. one-sided. In, in yeah. the way it sees the world and it's very it's married to a particular agenda. And, yeah. uh, and so it's like, well, just have a psychiatrist evaluate them. Well, they're going to evaluate them in a very specific lens, you know, that yeah. according to the new, you know, the APA guidelines are like, you know, what masculinity itself is bad. So, yeah. you know, if he, if he's doing it, if he's being a man the right way, he's, you know, yeah. like toxic to them. Uh, so, but yeah, it yeah is I, mean, the, I think the day is coming. I think the day is coming when masculinity itself, any, anything to do with traditional masculinity is considered just a mental disorder. Like they came pretty close to that last time. And no. I think in the next five, 10 years, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that's, that's, that's coming down the pike. And I, I've said often yeah. that I think that uh, it's almost gonna, masculinity is almost going to become like a cult, uh, you know, yeah. like a, a religion in itself. And that's kind of their direction that I'm going with some things is just because it's, <laughs> really, uh, it's going to be a choice that you have to do underground. Now, actually, the whole when does when does church start? When do we? When do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm on six. Oh. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It's it's something that that uh, men are going to have to choose and and follow, and they're going to be demonized for it. And that, but. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I've always said that, that it's that's how you become the best version of yourself. I mean, if I if I wouldn't have ever forced myself to, you know, go take boxing or do something that uh, puts puts me in uh, at risk, uh, and deal with that interaction yeah. with other men and all that thing, all the things that you get out of that, I would not be anything like what I'm like today. Uh, you know, it's it definitely yeah. transforms you, and I think that men need that. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't see it. I mean, I made a comment on Parley actually the other day. It's like, yeah, there's this kind of doctor mentality that people have that if, if you hurt yourself, you should never do, you should never do that thing that you hurt yourself again. You know, like uh, if, oh, you pulled mm -hmm. your back deadlifting, you should never deadlift again. And there's a lot of doctors that will just tell you that. And that's kind of a mentality that's prevailing. Yeah. It's very motherly, uh, protective uh, yeah. mentality. But uh, the reality is that if you're gonna do cool things, you're gonna get Well, hurt. it's the same thing in the manosphere. You see that, yeah, you see that in your like relationships sometimes. Some guys get really burnt on a relationship. I've been to some bad shit. Mm -hmm. And then they just avoid relationships indefinitely. Now, there can be some other reasons for this. Politics going on, the Me Too, witch hunt, all this crap. But in terms of like a one-on-one -on -one relationship, that's a bad idea to use an equal one experience, uh, a personal experience like that, and way too heavily an anecdote like that. Like, oh, I had a bad experience in this relationship. Therefore, fuck women. Women are evil. Women are stupid. I'm never going to date them ever again. You see guys do this like all the time. There's even YouTubers. I was looking at yesterday, this guy, and he promotes this crap. And it's just like, dude, not, not good, dude. Yeah, yeah, you can't. I mean, I actually even had a said, uh, friend say that to me. And it kind of put me in my place on that one in terms of tribalism. You know, it's like I, I, hmm. I, did, I did a thing with a tribe and it didn't work out. And he's like, oh, so you're, you date one girl and you never date girls again? Is that how it works? You know, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh. All right, you're right. You know, like I can't be dead set against this thing that I care about because uh, uh, you know I had a bad experience. And so, yeah. yeah, you can't you can't let one experience. I mean, you have to have 
you know, a, a group, you know, selection uh, of data, yeah. you know, to, to pull from because, it, you know, and that's, that's the other thing that people, uh, <clears throat> say is that, you know, if they think if you're anti-feminist that you hate all women and that's a very common thing and uh, really yeah. not all women are radical feminists. In fact, very, very few are. Correct. Very few of them even identify as feminists at all. Yeah, I think yeah, like 70, 75% in England a couple of years ago do not identify as a feminist when they're asked. They don't want anything to do with it. That doesn't mean they don't believe feminist ideas, but in terms of like how they identify, they're like, fuck, they, they know to stay away from it. It's like toxic. Yeah. So. yeah it's, and yeah, so I mean, just, you know, it doesn't mean that you hate all women. And it's the same kind of thing with you know, like uh, Black Lives Matter. It's kind of the same kind yeah. of thing. Oh, if you don't support Black Lives Matter, this crazy Marxist group, then you yeah. uh, hate all black people. And of course that's yeah. not true at all. And yeah. uh, it's just unfortunate, but that's, that's the frame is they're gonna push that frame because they, it makes everyone feel like they have to get on board. Yeah, you know, it's a logical know. fallacy being used as, as effective marketing and it's effective. Yeah. People fall That's, I mean, with feminism, feminism is hate women. I'm an abolitionist, actually. I want to abolish feminism. So Piers Morgan called me an abolitionist, and I was like, "Yes, I'm an abolitionist," because <laughs> that's good marketing. I was like, "Yeah, I'm an yeah. abolitionist. Yeah, I'm on yeah, a mission yeah. to abolish this shit. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to that's free women from the slavery of feminism. Absolutely, yeah. I want them back in the kitchen and out of the workplace. That's where they belong. That's where they're happy. So out, of out of the chain. Uh, out, out of the Walmart. chains. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, always, I always say that people like that, like uh, you know, for every of these, every one of these. Uh, uh, you know, popular feminist bloggers or writers or, or, you know, or, you know, some woman who's actually at the head of top of industry. And that's certainly prevalent all around the world. Um, sure. For every one of those, there's some chick who just would like to hang out with her kids, but she has to go to work at Walmart every day because that's the only yeah. way she can make a living. And that's the way society has been designed. And yeah. so she has actually, the, the reality of, of work is that most people don't like their jobs. I mean, in all through history, you know, like that's most yep. people, you know, dudes didn't want to go work in coal mines. That's just how, the, how they could make a living. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not all work is about fulfillment. Uh, some, some jobs just need to be done, you know, uh, you know, like that, the, the micro yeah. dirty jobs, like there's somebody out there, you know, cleaning yeah. sewage plant and it's not because he's being fulfilled by it. It's because he needs a job and it pays well, <laughs> you yeah. know? And men have always yeah. done that kind of stuff, and there's no romance or excitement to it, you know. And, and uh, femina, yeah. feminism really romanticized these careers as if like careers for most yeah. people. I mean, you're lucky you get to do what you want for a living. I get to do mm -hmm. what I want for a living, you know. Yep. For now, <laughs> you know, I may have yeah, to go down and get a job someday, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, hopefully not. But uh, you know, most people that's the, I, I never had to. I just do what I want. I just do what I want yeah, every yeah, day, yeah. all day. Well, you know, who knows what the world has in store for us? It's been a weird year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need about five more yeah. days. Who knows yeah. what it looks like? But uh, and that's another thing that I've yeah. also talked about a lot is that uh, uh, you know there used to be a thing like well, you're going to need masculinity someday, and I was always like, well, like, well, what if you didn't though? Like, would you still want to be a man? You know, or, you know, like, because you can't rely on that. But it turns out we're in a situation where we may, people very well may need to figure out how to be men, be good at being men pretty soon, yeah. depending on what happens. So and there's, that, a saying, there's a saying that's been going around on Twitter, and it's that nature is healing. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the virus and i mean look at what fem, look at what the virus has done to i mean i don't know 
there's all these other effects like the the riots and shit, all this pent up mm -hmm. energy locking people up. Yeah. But it's also shown us who the tyrants are, these little local, uh, you know, county mayors and city mayors and governors and shit, these little fucking tyrants, you know? So that's good. I mean, in a, in a sense, it's, I don't like what they've done in a lot of cases with COVID and shit, but yeah. it's shown us who they are. It's taken the mask off, ironically. Absolutely. Um, also the feminism. A lot of women, you know, all of a sudden they've, they've all of a sudden when shit at the fan, I got hit up a bunch of times by chicks I haven't talked to in years. Like out of the blue. And a lot of guys are important in this. And so it's women, you know, when shit hits a fan, all of a sudden they're seeking out, you know, that masculinity. And I guess long, in a long enough time span, it's always bound to happen. And yeah, well, I mean, that's, history does correct itself. You know, I hate to rely on that, like, because people are always like, well, we have to get to the end of the next cycle. Well, that could be in 200 years. I, I want to live my life right now, so I don't want to rely on that. But uh, yeah. the, some corrections may be happening uh, right now. Uh, but I, I just wanted to clear that up. You said women were hitting you up. I heard, I even that, like I heard that you were an incel. Oh me? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get, I get, uh, I get all kinds. Yeah, yeah. Of, I mean, I get called every name on the internet. Yeah, yeah. yeah My yeah. life is. Uh, I've been single for a long time. Some I'm, I'm relationship Valsel, I guess you call it. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's that. You know, I was asked this question on Piers Morgan. I should have fucking just, just thrown it at his face, but he asked me like why I'm single and shit, and uh, I really should have been like, dude, I'm banging like four different women at a time, like not right. in my room at the same time. Uh, but like concurrently throughout the week and the month. Right. And that's pretty common, you know, three, four, five women at a time that I have on like a rotation. So this kind of insult stuff, it's so delusional. Like I bang hot chicks too. I love it. My goal, I don't actually want, I don't like quantity. I like, like the highest quality, not that they're like, uh, not that they have inner beauty, so to speak, but on the outside, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, want, I want the hottest fucking chick I can find with the biggest tits and the nicest body and all that. Right. If she's great on the inside too, that's great. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not dating this woman long term. I'm not, I'm not building a family with them and stuff. But I want to have fun, uh, mm -hmm. and I want to bang super hot chicks because that's what feels good. <laughs> it's just hedonism, uh, but it's hedonism. It's hedonism with a long term purpose because I'm building skill and experience. I know mm -hmm. that it's going to be useful in like longer term in my life. To just keep learning about the opposite sex. So yeah, if, if most if most people saw the woman I bang, they would be like really angry. They'd want to choke me. Um, they're that hot. I make, I make a habit of it for a point of kind of hottest ones. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, uh, Nobody believes me, but on the internet, I guess, but who cares? Well, yeah, I mean, like, there, you know, internet is kind of, you know, Pixar didn't happen, you know, but uh, yep. what's, as far as, uh, uh, you, you talked about family, and you've been promoting family a little bit more through the 21 convention and uh, and so forth. I mean, that's been part yeah. of it. I mean, how does that fit into your picture? Well, partly we're just rebuilding the patriarchy. We're building a new one. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's also, like, very literal. Um, you know, the feminists, obviously, they smash the patriarchy, as they told us to millions of times now. And I think what I, one of the ways I work, uh, work as an entrepreneur and then think mm -hmm. as a man and as a Ameri young American, mm -hmm. I look at things that I hate, movements. And then I flip everything. I think my basic theory is that when you see a toxic movement like feminism or BLM, everything that they value is inverted. So everything that they hate is actually really good. Everything they like, basically, pretty much, is that really bad. So yeah. feminists like uh, diversity and stuff, all this crap, that's all a lie. They hate diversity. Yeah. Any diversity of thought and opinion, they fucking hate it, right? Right. Um, but also feminists hate patriarchy. So what does that mean? I mean, I mean basically, you're, in a common sense fashion, patriarchy is really good. Men leading families, men leading civilization, uh, not necessarily uh, by law and stuff. I think people should be treated equally before the law. But in terms of like culturally and socially, what we're going to encourage and what we're going to push, 
especially in a family. Who's going to lead a family? Who's going to drive the bus or drive the car if a family has a car? The man. I think that's the way uh, it's always been, more or less, and it's the way it should be. I think that's what women respond to really well, and some men excel at. That's what makes them. That's being in alignment with your nature as a man is to be a leader, especially the family where you're you've impregnated a woman and now you have little half youths running around. Uh, so yeah, the family thing is it's big. It's been uh, since 2019 uh, we started getting that going, a patriarch edition of the event, and that's pretty much our main event, like you know, 21 convention, but with a much stronger focus on fathers, fatherhood, and family, and patriarchy, literally. Some of the speakers will talk on it explicitly. And to me, there's no, people see a conflict in that because I'm like myself, I'm not a father. I don't speak out of those. So there's, I draw lines. Like I don't, all the speakers of the patriarch event have to be a biological fathers. Mm-hmm. If you're not a biological father, you can't speak, period. Right. So I actually value these things a lot. I really want to build a family. I look forward to it. Um, I have another nephew on the way in like uh, five, six weeks now. Really excited. I think babies are, babies are underrated. Babies are awesome. And, uh, and all that. But I'm not a father yet. So the, uh, the patriarch edition, I don't speak. I speak at the other events because uh, it fits the narrative of what we're doing. But at the fatherhood event, only fathers can speak. And I'm very strict about that. And, uh, you know, I run my own company. I don't respond to shareholders or anything like that. I'm not under anybody's thumb. So I could change it at any point, but I don't. Out of respect for the kind of content we're building and the kind of mission and the fathers speaking there who have biological skin in the game. Um, even I have one guy who wanted to speak who was only a stepfather and it was, it was no. You have to be a biological father. You have to have biological skin in the game. Period. And yeah, again, for me though, there's no dissonance. There's no uh, conflict with it. No. Um, you know, if I found a great mother for my child tomorrow, um, I might pull the trigger on it. I mm-hmm. can't say that I would without, you know, being in that situation, but definitely something I want to do start in my thirties and I look forward to it. In the meantime, I'm not responsible for what women do that I don't know. So if I pick up some girl at the bar and I bring her home and we fuck for five hours, have a good time, probably raw dog it, honestly. Uh, you know, I'm not responsible for what she's done. That's not the first time she's done that. There's no fuck. If she's 28 years old, I'm probably the 28th guy she's done that with or something, right? Right. I'm not responsible. For, I'm responsible for being number 28. Sure. I'm not responsible for previous 27 dudes. Right. I'm not taking responsibility for your life. I don't know you. You're not my best friend's sister. I don't work with you. I'm not related to you, obviously. Like, I don't, I'm not fucking responsible for you. You're responsible for you. Your parents are responsible for you. And I'm responsible for you in that night. And that's it if it just ends there, which it probably will. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, that would be, I mean, really that would be, uh, uh from their own perspective, quite feminist. I mean, because you, they're taking responsibility. They're, that's a strong independent woman who made her own choices. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like dick. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the track cons come after me on Twitter, these track con guys, which I like these guys. They have traditional conservative values and stuff, sure. whatever. I have criticisms of what they do because obviously they're not they're not winning the culture war. It's been uh, it's been a downward downward fight or down downhill fight. Um, but they come after me for stuff like why do you do this? Why do you go on Tinder, and bang these girls, and go to bars and stuff, and they promote fatherhood and family? I'm like, what else am I going to do in the meantime? Like, I'm not going to be uh, in, you know, celibate or whatever. Right. These girls are out doing this anyway. If I don't partake in it, I do have lines I draw. Like, I don't help women commit adultery or cheat. If I find out she has a boyfriend or husband, I, I vacate immediately. And I've lost some hot girls with that because they want to use me to cheat. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm out. Now, are they going to cheat anyway? Absolutely. 99% chance. If they're going to cheat with me, they'll find some other dude to do it that night or the next night or whatever. Right. So I know that I'm not changing the world doing that. But I know that I'm also going to not enable what I view as relationship abuse or the downfall of marriage. It's going to happen anyway, but I'm not going to fuck part of it. Right. Outside of that, if some girl wants to be a hoe and have sex with me two hours after meeting me or faster uh, or whatever, you know, on a date or something. I mean, that's great. Let's do it. Like, you're going to have a good time. I'm looking forward to it. 
and I'm not responsible for your past or your future. Because the chance of me dating that girl is super low anyway. Right. That's how I look at it. You know, people people get upset at me that I'm enabling it. I'm like, there's there's no way uh, that I'm gonna stop thoughtery, you know, by refusing to put my dick in a girl one on one at a time. Like it's stupid. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm in a similar position to you in that sense. I mean, I I'm very, yeah. I want to support fatherhood and patriarchy. Obviously, yeah. patriarchy is kind of the foundation of everything. And, yeah. You know, it's uh, and everything good, and and uh, a lot of problems in society come from men not having good father figures and not having that kind of representation. Father and, knows best. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, especially, I mean, fathers create structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, women nurture, fathers create structure, and it, together those two things go well, very well. Uh, you know, yeah. they they play off of one and they're complementary. But uh, uh, with you know, like uh, I mean, my parents are still married. I, I I'm lucky enough nice. to come from a background like that. Uh, but and actually, my sisters are both still married. They, you know, and they've, they're about my nice. age. So uh, you know, they, it, I actually come from a pretty stable background like that. But you know, I'm not, I'm not married, and so I, I do the same thing you do. I don't tell fathers how to father. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. that's 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 not my business. You know, like that's not yeah, my job. Same. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't have the, I don't have the credibility to talk about that. I don't tell how, I don't tell warriors how to make war, and I don't yeah. tell fathers how to father. Uh, exactly. That's somebody else's position. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, at the same time, you could talk about what the big picture of what a uh, father is. Yes. And I think that that's uh, like, I'm writing a little bit about that now. And you can talk about sure. what that is without uh, actually giving, like, I'm not going to tell you how to change the diaper. You know, <laughs> that, yeah, that, yeah. I, I have no idea. I'm, I'm doing what you're doing, except more indirectly. So yeah. I'm finding speakers like you, except they're fathers. So Tanner right. Guzzi, Hunter Drew, Socrates, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Stefan Mullen, all these guys. So mm-hmm. I find guys. I do have opinions on fatherhood, masculinity, and how they work together in patriarchy. Sure. But since I'm not a father, I don't speak on it directly. But I find guys to voice what I believe to be true to the right. best of my ability to judge it. And I don't tell them what to say. They speak. They do their own fucking thing. I don't dictate. You know that firsthand. I don't tell the guys what oh, to yeah. say. The only thing I've ever said to speakers like you is like, don't get us kicked off YouTube. Just right. use your best. That's hard to do anyway, obviously, at this point. Right. But just use your best judgment. Other than that, you have free reign to say whatever you believe. In fact, what, what you believe is most important to you is what you should say on the stage at the, at the conference. And then as you do that with fathers, and then all of a sudden you put, you know, 20 of these dudes together in a room and you have, you know, kind of like a small, uh, you know, uh, convention, not a small convention, but I think about it like the, the constitutional conventions and like the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. You have guys getting together that are, that are declaring like a new a direction for fatherhood that's different from what the feminist establishment, the feminist order has been dictating for 100 years now. And the patriarchy smashed up with the patriarchy. Fathers are stupid. Fathers are useless. You go on TV, fathers are fucking dumbass buffoons. The wife's is super intelligent, knows everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. what we're doing is totally opposed to all that shit. And it's unapologetic too. Like, you know, you've been to these events. Yeah. And that to me is a really beautiful, uh, very positive thing coming together like that. And to be able to direct that and put that together is like really fun for me. I love doing it. Oh yeah. I mean, I love, I love watching the same thing. I, I love, uh, Having dudes uh, like like Tanner or uh, Ryan Mickler or someone say the yeah. things that I would want to say about fatherhood, yeah. uh, they're yeah. they're verifying. Okay, they're actually doing it, yeah. and they agree with me. So we're that's a, that's exciting, you know. Okay, yeah. hey, it's it's validating, uh, but it's also uh, you know I'm glad that they're putting that message out there for the guys who need that particular advice because they're yeah. building families right now and they, they need to, to hear uh, the right things because there's a lot of bad advice out there. Yeah. So hear these guys who have it together and have really, you know, the the whole picture, you yeah. know, uh, that that dudes want. I think is really good. 
But uh, I think and, it's important too, though, that they speak firsthand as a father, and that's why guys oh, yeah. instinctively like mean you don't do it. Right. It's like I'm not. I haven't put a baby in a chick and then watch my own genetic legacy walk around. Like, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like having a nephew, even that I'm related to, I'm like, wow, this is huge. Yeah. Uh, but these guys do. Ryan Mitchell and Hunter and Tanner. These guys have kids, and they yeah. have skin in the game. They have firsthand experience of being a father, thick through thick and thin, all kinds of shit. So that it's it's not only validating it, but it's important. I think it's, it's important for the audience, the fathers who need the help, need mm-hmm. the advice, the motivation, the whatever, right? the knowledge, uh, what to do, how to navigate the world as a father. They need to see guys doing it successfully as fathers, not guys like me. And you were like, well, I think this is true. I'm pretty sure based on what I've read and what I understand, but I don't. You haven't tested it yourself, you know, firsthand. So, right, right, right. So it's a. Uh... I mean, to, to circle back on uh, the thing about, uh, you know, the criticisms you get from like trad cons and, and so forth. Uh, uh, the reality is, I mean, you have guys like Ryan Mickler and you have uh, uh, Tanner and so forth. And they also have a frame, a community framework that supports this positive thing. In yeah. many ways. I mean, they have like a religious uh, background that uh, supports that. And there are a lot of different religions that do that. Uh, so there's, there's a big, there's a big buy-in and there's a big penalty for leaving and so you have, mm. it's much more cohesive than uh, mainstream modern culture, which is just uh, kind of, you know, no fault divorce or fault doors, or just like, just take, you know, we're doing this for a few years, then we're going to do something else and whatever. And most people are, are, a lot of people are in that situation. And one of the things that I've said to people is that you can't assume that all guys are going to get married and have kids because, hey, that's really never happened in history. That's not, I mean, there are a lot of guys yeah. who are expendable in some way or another, they, whether they go on, you know, sailing ships or whatever, don't come back for 10 years or go fight yeah. in the Legion or whatever. I mean, they, they, uh, not every dude has a, has a wife and kids and, or is entitled to one. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, for the guys who really want it, I think it's a really good thing, but, uh, there are also a lot of men and women who are just never going to get there. You yeah. know, they aren't looking for that or that whatever. So yeah, I mean, by you going out and, 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 uh, enjoying the people who are probably never going to get there <laughs> you know i mean like you're not stop, well, you're not you're not getting them there you know like i mean they're yeah, they're yeah. not going to get there anyway you know and yeah. they probably shouldn't be mothers a lot of them you know like uh a lot of them are honestly a lot of them are mothers today they're well yeah i mean yeah that, that yeah that's i i get it yeah yeah a lot of them do the single people don't get it man modern single mothers and millennial single mothers a lot of them are really hot that's yeah. actually the reason that they're single mothers is some dude eventually they they're promiscuous. There's no social or religious pressures to push back against being promiscuous. Keep the legs right. closed. So they just kind of bang guys indiscriminately. They've been trained and encouraged to do this behavior by feminism their whole lives, you know, from age 10 up or even before that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day though, the, you know, eventually they just find a guy who doesn't pull out. That's what happens. It's, right. a, it's, a, tick, it's, a, t- it's a ticking time bomb. Uh, yeah. I pull out. Like, my pull out game is undefeated. I tell chicks this. So, yeah, so, but, it, you know, they find some guy, you know, they, the guy's drunk or he just doesn't give a fuck or whatever reason. And eventually they, they fuck enough dudes, 20, 30, 40 dudes, who knows what, right? And the dudes in plot and they have a kid. Yeah. And then five years later, they bang me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to date you. You have another man's child. Like, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Maybe some guy will, but I mean, you got to get realistic. These are another thing too. The single moms is too much of a tangent, but they have like really bad uh, expectations. They're super unrealistic because they still think like they don't have a kid in a way. Even if they're not like a horrible mother, they like it hasn't connected. They they know, but they refuse to connect the dots that having a kid 
is going to massively lower your attractive level for a guy who doesn't have kids and doesn't want to take care of another man's kid because it's not his kid. I don't take care of my own kids who don't exist yet. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, total thing. I mean, I've went on like three dates with strippers last year that were very much like that. Where like, they, they don't even realize they're strippers like that, that, that changes the value of whatever, like they, they want to treat you like you're dating them. Like you're, you're, you show your vagina down for a dollar. That's, that's, (laughs) that's your, and they're also single mothers. I think, uh, Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think yeah. feminism, you were talking about feminism saying mm-hmm. everything's equal. Yeah. Uh, the body, the body, the fat positivity or whatever the fuck it's called, all that yeah. shit. It's the same thing. It's the same concept of saying with these strippers and shit. Everything's equal. Uh, it's yeah. this very, you know, communist kind of mindset. Everything's equal, 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 equal to the point of insanity and absurdity. And then, you know, even if they're a stripper and they sell their vagina for a couple dollars at a strip club and they have another man's child or two or three, they still act like they're hot, like they're king shit. Just because their body maybe is still in good shape and they still might be physically attractive. It's like, there's more to you than that. And you're not acknowledging that. And that's a problem. It's going to make, it's not only awkward to be on the receiving end of that, it, it makes, it ruins their life. It, yeah. it makes it, it makes relationships impossible for them because they're always trying to like, to straight to, you know, to hypergamy. So date up and they're dating, they're trying to date guys, you know, like me, some young single dude who's put together. I don't have, you know, any like problems like that. And I don't have, I don't have some ex baby mama. I don't have another, you know, other children from other women running around and stuff, which which would be an issue too. I don't have any of that. I don't have STDs. I don't have, you know, none of this shit. Right? I'm not an ex. I'm not an ex criminal. I haven't been to prison or anything. And uh, they try to date guys like that. And it's like you're you're out of your mind. Like you're you're three leagues out of your out of your own domain where you belong. They don't want to. They don't want to hear it. So they end up crazy cat ladies with you know multiple children from multiple fathers, and they end up drink. I mean, there's actually not, it's kind of a tragic note, but uh, alcoholism is skyrocketing for women today in their fifties. Oh yeah, and I think it's like yeah, like no shit. Like look at the way you've lived your life and the kind of you know expectations you have of the world. You're completely entitled to the point of delusion. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see where that goes too. I mean, uh, but it's you know there there's a whole cocktail culture, and that's where the girls get together, and then that's that you yeah. get a decade of that or so, and then it's that's going to happen. You know, like, uh, and they have nothing else to do. I mean, and that's, that's a problem with men too, uh, frankly. I mean, uh, when you have men, that's a challenge. I've talked to Richard Grannon a little bit about that uh, podcast is that, uh, you know, men without structure or responsibilities also tend to self-destruct as they get older. And because yeah. uh, dudes who have kids, their lives are planned. They have busy things to, you know, like baseball practice and all this stuff has to go on. But uh, dudes, I mean, I mean, I can do whatever I want at any time. Yep. You know, like yep. if I want to get drunk for three days in a row, no one's going <laughs> to, you know, like, sick, it, you know, so <laughs> I mean, it's, yep. I mean, it's reality. I mean, I, I can, I could get away with, it. you know, I could get away with it for years. And a lot of guys do, you know, like, cause they don't know yep. what to do. They don't have any like yep. other pressures on their time. Whereas if you have kids running around, like, hopefully you're like i really shouldn't be drunk all the time you know like Uh, like, hopefully you're making good decisions based because you have kids there you know there's a motivator Uh, there's a motivating factor yeah yeah but a lot and so a lot of guys are looking for that motivating factor to change their lives uh whereas you know i think one of the positive things that uh you get from some of the uh, manosphere guys is you know the, the idea well you have to change it yourself you can't wait for some uh woman or a family or whatever to come along yeah to fix you yeah. you know because yep. you need to take responsibility for your own life and although taking self-reliance and taking responsibility for your own life apparently is is bad now uh but i, I saw okay. one of those uh privileged things the other day i guess that's part of it's out of fashion to take responsibility. responsibility it's part of a privilege yeah. culture or whatever that you know self-reliance 
but uh, but anyway, and so I, what did you get? Um, oh, go ahead. I wanted to add um, on that note, you know, the structure. I've had that from entrepreneurship. So mm -hmm. I guess I'm blessed or I've been fortunate to have that kind of life. I'm 17 years old. Uh, the 14 year anniversary of my company is in like two days. Mm -hmm. uh, it's coming up a couple of days here. And I know that's it's unusual. Like I get most guys don't have that. I do forget sometimes though, because that's been my whole experience. Like it's my bubble. Is having massive responsibility through business that I've I've uh, self-inflicted, so to speak. I've right. you know I run three I have three businesses now legally, um, so it's increasingly complex and professional and big and all that stuff. But that's given me structure, so I could do you know, I could do what you're saying, get drunk three days in a row or whatever, right? But I right. don't, and I focus. I've I, what I do is I do entrepreneurship, and I do it's pretty high risk, it's pretty intense. You know, last year is an example of that doing events in Poland. We did three events. Each event is, 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 a, is a huge risk. Events are complex, logistical stuff. I mean, look at this year. Look at COVID. You know, fuck. Every, every conference in the country has got fucking canceled. Right. Um, you know, we moved ours, thankfully. I was able to... But that was my own, you know, ingenuity and creativity. So I was like, all right, this is fucked in the spring. Everything's fucked. You know, the whole world could fucking blow up any day. Who knows? In the meantime, let me move these two events in the spring and combine it with the third event rather than trying to finagle, you know, three separate events. I'll just do one event, combine the three, and that's working really well now. People are fucking going apeshit over the tickets that just came out and stuff. And plus, obviously, 22Con blew up and it's all working, but it's all high risk. And that keeps me focused and that uh, keeps on my edge, you know, that masculine edge, I think, that uh, maybe you would talk about in your books. Staying on your, staying on your path. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, both have kind of, we both have a mission. I always say I'll never run out of yeah. projects. I mean, that, that's what we keep me from going down. Like, just yeah. like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm going to pull it together now because I have shit to do. And, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, cause I, I have things I want to do. I'll never run out of projects. I, you know, I always say every time I write a book that it's the last one. And then like a year later, I'm like, you know, we'll make a really good book. <laughs> yeah, 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 good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or, or an art project or whatever. I always have a million things that I'm working on. So I don't have that problem, but a lot of guys don't have that direction. Yeah. And, and so that, that's, I think why they flounder. And so they're looking for direction. So I think that, I mean, yeah. you and I both are examples of dudes who have, saved by a mission to a certain extent like we, we yeah. have a mission we have something we're doing and so that gives us the structure and the reason to like get our shit together every day you know yeah. and, and keep pushing forward and trying to be better yeah and i have no doubt that if i didn't have that pressure and that that structure and that business multiple um, place i probably would be very destructive if i didn't have a positive outlet for my creativity I get why these artists, you know, like these, you know, these famous legendary artists, these, you know, their history, these painters and shit. They're all fucking alcoholics and fucking, you know, the writers and shit, handling all this shit. Uh, I mean, they have positive outlets, thankfully, for that stuff, but even if it would be even worse, you know, for history. There have been, I mean, how many guys in history have drunk, you know, gotten drunk to death, killed themselves because they didn't have an art form to express through positively? I mean, that's saving some of, those, some of these guys, you know, these artists. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, you know, people always say this saved me or that saved me. I heard a lot of people say jujitsu saved me. You're like, hey, there's all kinds of things that uh, yeah. people do just need something to focus on and, and, and some kind of purpose yeah. and way to put it together. So, I mean, yeah. what, what made you want to do the uh, 21 convention originally? Yeah, originally. So it was actually called the under 21 convention, the okay. original name, the first two years I was called that. And later we did one in 2016. I brought it back briefly. I was for young men. So I was 17 years old and I had found the, uh, I just got out of high school, like a few weeks. I was in college, UCF, summer classes. And basically I was in the pickup community at that point. So that was my entry to the Manosphere. It was uh, Ross Jeffries, MASF, Fast Seduction, these old famous websites back in the day. Alt, MASF, all that crap. And I was familiar with Mystery Method at that point. And, uh, you know, the book, the game that was famous at the time. 
New York Times bestseller and all that. So I was in that community. And on top of that, I was involved with a local pickup community in Orlando, in Florida, actually, called Top Layer. So mm-hmm. for the Tampa Orlando Layer, super awkward fucking name, but it was actually the best one in the country. It was famous because mm-hmm. it was super well put together. The guy running it, uh, which I think in a, in a sense kind of rubbed off on me. Um, I, I met him a few times. I don't like know the guy too well. But the actual way it ran online and then we had meetups in person. Mm-hmm. We met up at like, you know, Universal City Walk, the theme parks and shit. And we'd just go approach women, like 30 of us. Mm-hmm. We would just like go, you know, harass these women on the street. Like, hey, how you doing? Like, whatever the fuck, right? Who lies more, men or women? Like all this old school pickup shit. Right. But anyway, good practice, whatever. But I was involved in that community. So the, the larger pickup community, which is part of the larger manosphere, and then a smaller local community in Florida, meetup group for men, basically. I was very positive, actually. Very, very good stuff. I met Socrates there, a lot of guys you see today at the events. And that kind of gave me the idea to do a meetup myself for young men. And so I was, I was actually, when I first put the idea out there, I put it out on mystery method forms, or the old you know, mystery pickup artists, all that shit. Mm-hmm. There was a section for young men. It was under 21. And they knew me from posting there because I was one of the only guys that showed my face. I take pictures of women and shit, picking them up like these pretty hot girls. I post pictures. And back then, this was like super taboo. Nobody did that. I mean, this wasn't like the Instagram age. This is 2006. Like, this is mm-hmm. like legendary shit. Right. I was like, yeah, who cares? I'm 17. Everybody go fuck themselves. Right. I just did, you know, not thinking future at all, but, you know, whatever. It worked out. And uh, I put this out there. I'm like, hey, we should do an under-21 meetup in Orlando. You know, it's great. There's a lot of places to go. We can all meet up. Mm-hmm. Everybody can fly in for a couple of days. And we'll just go pick up chicks and try to figure out how to get better at picking up chicks, how to get better as young men, basically. Mm-hmm. And I put the idea out there, and everyone went apeshit. Because no one had ever tried this before. So I basically had accidentally found a niche from my, my own age, you know, speaking to guys my age. Because at that time in the pickup community, nobody gave a shit about young guys because they were broke. How many 17-year-olds have, you know, back then it was all ebooks that would sell in the, manos- in the pickup community, right? The Manosphere. You know, I was trying to get together. When I was in high school, my friend, we were trying to get together and split an ebook because it was like 90 bucks. I mean, this is how, this is how desperate yeah, yeah. we're going to get yeah, yeah, yeah. Women, right? Uh-huh. But, the, re- but the, the consequence of that in terms of a market and a business is that nobody gave a shit about, I mean, legally, who wants to sell ebooks to 17 year olds anyway, right? I'm picking up chicks. It's a bad idea, right? Right. Even 18, 19 year old, 20 year old college kids. Anyway, I put this idea out there, an under 21 meetup, and everyone loved it. Everyone's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. We'll do it next summer or something. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then immediately someone's like, hey, man, if you're going to meet up, you should just like get a, like a hotel conference room and maybe some people can speak. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And uh, I was like, yeah, we'll have like an under 21 convention. And everyone's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And I was like, okay, let's fucking do it. So before I knew it, I was putting together a conference, a convention for the next summer, which was July. So this is July 2006 at this point. Wow. And then I was planning. I was like, all right, we'll do it. Let's just say next July. Like this one year. I was like, yeah, that's probably enough time. Just a, I just guess, basically. I'd never done a conference before. I had no experience organizing professional events like that. And so basically, I put it together. And uh, the, it was very motivating, the community. They were very excited for it. The moderators got involved from the forum because they were concerned. They were going to shut it down. They actually locked the thread. It was like thousands of comments guys were posting. And they were worried because it was a bunch of young dudes meeting up. And they're like, this is a real company. They were doing, I mean, Mr. Method was like a multi-millionaire company at this point. So they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want to be reliable for this shit getting off the ground. But I talked to them. I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, we're going to charge 20 bucks at the door if you're from Florida, 40 bucks if you're from out of the state. Uh, So it's going to be, so they were very concerned too about a competitor, basically. I'm like, I'm not, I like what you guys do. I'm not a competitor. We're a bunch of fucking 18 year olds, like trying to get better at this shit. And obviously you don't care about us because we don't have any money, but, right. but, we, but we like what you do. And, and so 
there was a genuine positivity. I think they had the older guys running the form and the business. And so they unlocked it. And before I knew it, I mean, it picked up a lot of steam. A buddy in mine in college was taking web development at UCF and he was able to put together a little website back in 2006 for me. So I paid like 40 bucks for like GoDaddy to get this all set up and shit. And that was the founding of the company. And then we had about 80 guys show up from around the world. So mostly it was from guys from out of state. There's about, I don't know, 20, 30 guys from Florida that showed up. The rest of them were flying in. And that's something that was special. We had speakers show up from these different companies a little bit back in the day, pickup companies, uh, some of the local guys. Socrates didn't speak at it, but he knew a lot of guys who did, you know, like the top layer thing. Mm-hmm. So it was a cool little event. And on top of that too, there was, uh, I got really lucky. Through I worked at Sears at the time, selling TVs part-time, like selling those TVs and shit like that at uh, Sears. And I knew a guy who did audio, like DJ audio stuff for weddings and shit like that on the side. So he gave me a deal for a couple hundred bucks. He did audio for the event, recorded all of it. And then a guy from the forum was taking in film school in California. He was like, hey, if you get my flight and put me up at your house or something for a couple of days, I'll film it for free. Mm-hmm. So before I fucking knew it, we had this cheap ass hotel room in Orlando, like a Holiday Inn. But it was nice. It was nice enough, right? Holiday Inn. Sure. Three-star hotel, living the big life. And we had 80 guys show up and had a, basically a film team and an audio team. And we got lights from Sears that we like rented. I returned them when we were done. Nice. And those halogen, these cheap, those like garage lights. But it, it okay. lit the stage, speaking area. We had speakers. We had, it was a two-day conference. It was Saturday, Sunday. So two-day, we got the film, we got the videos. And then as a young guy, too, I was very frustrated. I didn't know about TED event yet, why they did stuff they're publishing for free. But I did see the manosphere, the, the pickup community, Everything was a, YouTube was still taken off then. There wasn't like any much content for learning how to get better with women at that point on YouTube. And everything for videos in the Manosphere at that point was super expensive. It was all DVD sets and and CD sets. They were like 300, 400, 500, $600, which at like 18 years old, you like really want this shit and you absolutely cannot afford it. Zero, zero fucking chance. You're lucky you can torrent it. You can find a torrent back then. Yeah. But if you want to buy something and not be and actually support somebody, there's no fucking way you could do it. It was way out of your price league. And so that pissed me off. I hated that. I was like, fuck that shit. I was like, our convention was dope. And everyone's like, well, you can do the videos. I'm like, they're gonna be free. And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> this was a huge deal back then. I can't even tell you. Yeah. People take it for granted today publishing because we have YouTube and 4K and all this shit. Right. And I've taken a stand to keep publishing the videos for free for so long, which a lot of people have encouraged me not to do, make more money and all this shit. Right. But I believe in the message. I believe in the mission. Mm-hmm. And I believe long-term too in the profit that actually there's more money in doing it for free anyway, long-term. Mm-hmm. In the short-term, you sacrifice some profit, but in the meantime, you reach millions of more people, men. Wow. So that's how the company got started. We put the videos out uh, maybe two months after the event happened and it blew up, man. People loved it. And it's kind of just kept snowballing from there. I could get more into it, but that was the first year and how it all went down. I got very fortunate, man. We made I made profit on the first event, like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And it was a nail biter, dude. The hotel was collecting cash from me after I was collecting cash from the attendees. Uh-huh. The hotel managers were watching me collect the cash to pay them for the room. And I had no idea if we'd have, A, I had no idea if we'd have enough attendees because all right. they did was RSVP on, on through email. There was no PayPal and shit we were using back then. They right. just paid cash at the door and I had no money. I had like 80 bucks in my bank account. So if we didn't have enough money, even by like 100 bucks or 200 bucks, I was fucking shit out of luck. Right. And we made, we made it though. Uh, God willing. So, yeah. So, I mean, what, what advice would you have for, uh, you know, someone trying to get something started somewhere? I mean, uh, cause a lot of people want wait for it to be perfect and that's never, yeah. you know, what, what advice would you have for uh, a young guy uh, trying to start out? 
Uh, he who hesitates masturbates. <laughs> that's an old that's an old pickup community saying seriously old school late 90s early 2000s guys would say that for approaching women right. but in business it's kind of the same way and mm-hmm. you, you what you just said reminds me of that so you're waiting for it to be perfect you're waiting 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 bullshit you have to take action you gotta execute you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna fuck up um, but you also have i think some beginner's luck so to speak whatever reason the universe deems that right things work out i think i think what it is is a lot of starting energy when you get something going the, the, the excitement back then was crazy. And part of that is just the novelty of it. So execution, especially off the bat, is important. And taking action, having balls, man. Uh, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, it's going to be risky no matter what. Uh, I don't you're old, young, whatever. So it's going to be risky and you got to execute. And uh, not let fear dictate your actions. Have courage and actually follow through on that. And, you, you know, you'll be scared. You know, shit will happen. But... You don't let that dictate your actions. You don't let it dictate your choices. Don't let it dictate what your body does like physically. Like, what are you going to do? Well, what I'm going to do is not what fear tells me necessarily. I'll listen to it maybe as risk management kind of stuff. Now that I'm older, I understand that. I'm not just some fucking crazy gunslinging uh, entrepreneur. I right. try not to be anyway too much, even if I come off like that. Um, but I will. I don't want fear to be the primary way that I make decisions. We'll put it that way. I want courage and I want mission. I want uh, creativity in my own thoughts. What's important, my own values to be the primary driver of what I do, not negativity and fear and toxic garbage. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. Well, to, 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 I like that a lot. Uh, to wrap up, why don't, why don't we uh, – what's going on at the 21 convention this year? Yeah. My dream's coming true, man. Uh, this crazy-ass fucked-up year, we're going to do the biggest and best event I think we've ever done. Mm-hmm. So I've been dreaming for a while of doing a 21 Summit. Uh, kind of a mega kind of thing like that's it's i didn't have a more specific uh, details of it early on for about two three years now i'm thinking about this though not just a 21 convention but like a multi-conference event and now we're doing that mm-hmm. now we're doing that partly out of necessity because of covid it kind of forced my hand to do it earlier than maybe they would have thought of 2021 2022 or whatever but we're doing three events this year and the first time ever well three conferences as part of a larger summit 21 summit and I think that actually be the new model going forward that we end up doing. So you'll see 21 Summit probably again next year in the fall and the year after that and the year after that. There's a couple of reasons for that business-wise and uh, kind of mission-wise and personal sanity-wise. Events are fucking tough, man. Right. They're very high stress. They're risky, logistically complex, pain in the ass, all kinds of stuff. Even if you like them and you're good at them, it still sucks. Yeah, It's stressful. It fucking wears you out. Uh, last year doing three was an example of that. Like the end of the year, I was like just fucking brain dead. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like... I won, but at what, at what expense? I'm like, I'm like a zombie. I'm like, ugh. Um, so no, basically, so this year, though, we have going on right now is super important. I love it. And so it's going to be three events. It's the 21 convention main event, the flagship event guys have come to know and love for 14 years now, basically, mm-hmm. uh, which evolved, of course, from the young men's event, the under 21 convention. It aged with me, and so did the name and the mission and the focus. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we have the 21 convention second patriarch edition, that's basically the second time we've done the Patriarch Edition, which is the main 21 convention, uh, but it's got a much stronger focus on fatherhood, fathers, and family, and patriarchy. Uh, you see some of that, obviously, in 21 convention, but I think it's a growing kind of niche. It's a growing market, and there's a growing need for it, and fathers want that, and they don't quite get that. They get some of that at main 21, but it's not, it's not primary. It's much broader, as you know, and much more bigger focus on masculinity overall, uh, even things like self-defense and stuff like that, so it's very diverse. Mm-hmm. So you got the main event for all men, you got the second event going on at the same time for fathers, it's a separate conference, same time, same venue, same weekend. 
And then finally, we have an event for women that uh, has a long time coming, the 22 convention, Make Women Great Again. That's the uh, first time ever we're doing that. And that has made me uh, kind of uh, a Z-list celebrity, I guess, uh, like internet, internet famous legit. On top of what we've done with 21 convention, it's already pretty big. Millions of views around the world. 22 convention has gotten, has been sent to over 150 million people uh, through news outlets. New York Times, New York Post, Paris de Morgan, Good Morning Britain, uh, The Blaze, uh, The Real, like all kinds of shit. Celebrities like George Takai, Mr. Sulu, we're going after it. Alyssa Milano and shit like that. So we're doing a conference for women and we're going to make women great again. And the mission is to make women great again and abolish feminism. And people see that as a joke and that's good. I want them to think it's like kind of like Saturday Night Live, Matt TV kind of skit. I love that shit growing up. Right. But it's also a way, it's a, it's a kind of like the fake pump. It's real. Mm-hmm. And where this is the beginning, this is like uh, anti Seneca Falls in a sense. Uh, it's women who don't like feminism. I think it's gone way too far. Mm-hmm. And they want to hear from men and they want to get mansplained to. And we're going to do some grade A 100% mansplaining. All men speaking, uh, you know, major guys. They've seen the event. AJ Cortez, I'll be there. Uh, Coach Greg Adam, Stefan Molyneux, guys like that. Mm-hmm. So big deal. And we're filming all of it. And we're going to publish it free to the world. And I think through that and pissing off all these feminists, they're just going to drive a lot of attention to it. And inadvertently, they're going to educate millions of women to ditch feminism, to abandon it. And that's my goal, to get them to ditch to, you know, ditch feminism, ditch feminist beliefs on top of that. You know, how women identify, that's, uh, it's important, I guess, it's useful, but it's not the core foundation of what they believe. Right. And I believe feminism for women in particular, never mind its effects on men that should have been very negative in family and patriarchy and fatherhood, but for women, it's super toxic too. And I think it ruins their lives at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, I would say it's responsible for, for uh, executives, it's also responsible for Tinder. I mean, yeah, like, totally. you, know, you wouldn't have that without feminism. It's yeah. also the responsible for the epidemic of single motherhood. Single yeah. motherhood in America went from like- Which are related. <laughs> oh, totally, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a huge, it's the first real pushback for women to push back against feminism, to learn about femininity from men. Like what do men want? What are men going to say if we actually ask them and they, they talk to us in yeah. public? Not like some dude on his, as in doing a video blog in his room. It's like on a public stage, professional lighting, camera work and all that. Yeah. That's a big deal. I'm excited. So those three events are going on at the same time. And that's for once for women, once for men, once for fathers. And all three are going on at the same time. They'll be separate, but they'll be limited. A little bit uh, interaction between the events, dinners, things like that. Um, I want to keep things pretty separate for male spaces and like women's spaces. Right. There will be, there will be at least one co-ed event, um, the farewell party on Sunday night. And we all like leave and we're all done. Mm-hmm. And we can all hang out and shit like that. Come by Nice, nice, nice. That's what's going on, man. It's the world's, it's the Manosphere's, uh, it's the Woodstock of the Manosphere and the world's ultimate event for men, the ultimate event for fathers, the ultimate event for women. And I make no apology for that. They are really, really good, as you know. And I love it. And I'm really excited to be able to do it. It's a good opportunity. An opportunity of a lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah, and and as I've always said, I mean, they're, they're extremely professional. Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> a fan. <laughs> I post that a lot. <laughs> I, it, I saw it the other day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I, I was, you know, when I first walked in, I was like, oh, oh, they're serious. Like they, they've got, they've got this figured out. Rather than, uh, uh, you yeah. know, like here's, here's like, you know, uh, you know, whatever. He's filming this with an iPhone and, and uh, you know, like one light on the stage. I mean, you, you put a lot of effort into making yeah. it professional and level of like a TED talk kind of, kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some guys, have you, you know, hotels and some guys have said that we make it like a, t- like a temporary TV studio. 
Yeah. All the cameras we do and shit like that. And it's important to me. I, I view what we're doing. I look at like, you know, Martin Luther King and stuff like that. And I view as what we're doing is absolutely righteous for men, for fathers, for women now too. Mm-hmm. And we're hated for it. I'm at me and you, guys like me and you are absolutely despised by, you know, feminists, Marxist establishments. They hate us with a passion. They want us poor, uh, dead or whatever. Like it's, it's that bad at this point. Oh, yeah. And it's, sometimes it's quite explicit. I mean, they're very, they're very literal and open at this point with it. Absolutely. So I view, you know, the mission is extremely important. And because of that, I'm going to dress my Sunday best, so to speak. And that includes not only what I'm physically wearing, but the conference itself. It's going to be like super professional because it has to be. It's going to win. Cameras, we're going to use the best cameras, the best guys, the best audio team, the best lighting, all that shit. Best hotels. And if we're going to win uh, this war on feminism, as I call it sometimes, uh, that's what has to happen. And for men and for everybody involved, no matter who the, the audience is. So professional, start to finish, boom. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's what you have to do. Uh, I've, I've said to a lot of people that, uh, uh, you know, if you have an alternative message, you're competing with Hollywood. Yeah. So, I mean, that you have to, you know, you, you're not ever going to match that production level because that's, sure. that's, that's at the $100 million level. But fortunately, the technology is there that it is much more affordable. I mean, I can yeah. talk to you with, with a nice camera on 4K and it's not, we couldn't do this five years ago. It'd be, be like yep. a, a totally different situation. So we have the ability to uh, produce uh, content at a high level uh, yeah. relatively accessibly. And, and I think that that, uh, that professionalism uh, helps the message. Yeah, I think it actually protects it too. It helps it and it protects it. I think it's one of the reasons why now, you know, fingers crossed, but we haven't had any problems with YouTube yet. And people are, they get surprised by that because they've got controversial content. Excuse me. But I think one of the reasons for that is the actual camera work and the, and the, the professionalism of it. We use real venue. We're not in some fucking basement somewhere, you know, oh. 10 dudes sitting around somebody's, you know, basement in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. These are real, these are nice fucking hotels, four and five. We used a five-star hotel in, in Poland. The, that was the nicest hotel in the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was nice. I, it, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So these are, these are real hotels and they like what we do. You'd be surprised, man. A lot of hotel managers and professionals, men and women, they love what we do. A lot of them are very traditional. They've, yeah. they've told me flat out, like, yeah, men should be men. Women should be women. I'm like, yeah, you're a radical. I'm coming here. Like, this is great. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, uh, they call it the silent majority. Uh, yeah. and, and really it is. There are so many people just because they're not online screaming. And yeah. it, the people online screaming are all that you hear. And, and that, that's how the media gauges what's real in the world, it's their circle. It's the people who are online shouting, the people who are loud. But uh, yeah, most yeah. average people, to, to some degree or another, uh, are like, well, yeah, yeah. Men, men and women are different. That's obvious. You know? yeah. And you know, a, a, a solid family is probably better than not. You know? I, mean, yeah. I think most people actually believe that. And uh, despite yeah. the, the big narrative, uh, the big cultural narrative. I mean, that's just comes from, you know, the coastal cities in, in yeah. and, uh, and it's uh, normal people uh, really don't buy into that. Yep. Oh, but with the uh, professionalism I was saying with YouTube, I think one of the reasons they don't want to fuck with us. One of the reasons is that it's a company. It's not a personal face. My face is not the channel face. Yeah. So it's more, there's kind of a corporate uh, company feel to it. That's good. I think it makes it harder for them to attack it. They can't character assassinate a company. It's harder to anyway. You right. can attack it and criticize it, but it's not, you know, it's not a human being. It's a thing. It's a company. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the video is being professional and the, the actual, the way we set it up, the lighting, the audio, the video, it makes people, I think, they don't know how much money and like attorneys we have. And, you know, one time YouTube about a year ago, they contacted me to take down a video. Mm-hmm. 
uh, one I gave actually, incidentally, but it was just a controversial video I gave them my biggest speech ever, uh, marrying Medusa. Right. And I basically told them very politely to eat shit. And mm-hmm. if they want to talk any further, they can talk to my attorney. And I gave them, I forwarded them to my attorney, actually you know, forwarded them on it, gave them his bar number in California, bar number in Florida, his person, his you know, cell phone number, his email, his website. I was like, there you go. I never heard from him again. And yeah. this is how you need to deal with these people. The minute they get serious with you, hey, here's my attorney, we're going to war, like immediately. Absolutely going kill shot juggler. I will fucking see you, I'll find a way. And when you when you stack that professional element, like actual attorneys and shit I work with, mm-hmm. and on top of that good video quality and you know the, the MLK thing, dress your Sunday best. Yeah. They just don't want to fuck with us. And I think it's necessary to do that for the movement and the mission. And it protects it. It's actually very protective. It's a guarding kind of thing. Absolutely. Cool. And rent. <laughs> yeah. all right man well I, I think this has been good uh and obviously i'll put the links to the 21 convention and everyone so, so they can find it and, and find you and all that uh, uh I appreciate that. That thing and uh you know i, I you wish you're gonna, you gonna be there yourself you gonna be there i, I bought the tickets so i'm, I'm uh yeah. <laughs> who knows what the world's gonna do but like uh, I, i'm yeah. planning on coming uh yeah. so i i, I just want to come and uh, hang out with the guys and uh you know I, I support what you do so uh thanks man i'm glad to be there and uh thanks i, for- I like that yeah absolutely man i appreciate your time i just i just find it very amusing that our, our event is so good speakers come to just hang out you're not even speaking at it yeah, yeah. yeah i'm just gonna like come hanging out across the country because it's like that good yeah. well you know that's where guys. the kids are you know i want to go to the yeah 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 exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. and i appreciate being on man appreciate your time Fuck right. yeah. cool man thank you